When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, everybody, welcome to House and Brew. This is Stretford Paddock. That's Ronaldo Brown. You're saying, again, every time I'm on a brew, I haven't got one, which is the problem. Well, you were offered one, so shut up. No, you didn't, you didn't actually offer me one. You offered me a beer. What's your point? It's not really a it's brew, a brew, is it? Yeah, it is. And Alex Bagula. <laughs> right. Still typing away, mate. But yeah, still mate. typing away. All right. uh, so <laughs> ignore the thumbnail. We were going to be talking about Sancho. Clearly, we're not going to be talking about Sancho now as it's... Uh, the news and the breaking news of the fans forum is just about to hit us. So as soon as Alex closes... What I'm doing now. Whatever he's doing. I was going to say something rude there, but I won't. No. Um, we will get on with the reaction, our immediate reaction to what's coming out of the fans forum. Ronnie, what are you expecting to come out of this? I'm not too sure, you know. I'm, Cheers. After <laughs> <laughs> being honest, I'm quite interested to see what they, what they have to say. But in terms of me kind of anticipating what's going to be on it. I'm not too sure. So you really stitched me up there. No problem. So uh, I've, got, <laughs> I've got the club statement here. Oh, this on, is, you read the club statement. I'll go all the way through it. This is direct in an email today. As you may be aware, Joel Glazer, the club's executive co-chairman, took today part in a special meeting with fans forum to listen to the views of uh, fans that have set out. We want to share with you some of the main points from this meeting. Our goal, and he said, our goal is to win every competition we compete in. We'll continue to invest in our academy and in the transfer market to support the manager in an effort to meet the club's goals. As a club, we've devoted a lot of time and resources over the last several years, updating and furthering development, developing our vast global scouting network to adapt the modern football environment. This is a project that should be, provide a foundation for long-term success as years to come. In addition, as you all know, we've been focused on growing and developing our women's team in line with the traditions and values of the club, and we are committed to continuing that process. Old Trafford is at the heart of Manchester United, and while we have spent over £100 million over the last 10 years on infrastructure projects, we will now accelerate the process of planning much more significant investment and upgrades to the stadium. Rest assured, we will consult with supporters throughout the process to end up with a result we can all be proud of. Same goes for our training ground, preliminary Planning work is already underway. There will be significant funding available to further enhance our facilities. Uh, proposals to strengthen fan representation and the role of fans at the heart of the club were outlined with a further uh, refinement with Must and the Fans Forum. Creation of a fan advisory board to consult with the club's senior leadership and owners in addition to strengthened Fans Forum. The board will be made up of representations from the Fan Forum and key fan groups to ensure the fans' perspective is embedded within the club's decision-making process. The club has initiated a direct dialogue with Must with the aim of identifying a mutually beneficial fan share scheme involving a new class of shares which will each carry the same voting rights as the shared owners by the Glazer family. That's, that is the big one. Big Jesus. Mm. That is a big thing. Hang on, so reiterate that. So the club has initiated a direct dialogue with Must with the aim of identifying a mutually beneficial fan share scheme involving a new class of shares which will each carry the same voting rights as the shares owned by the Glazer family. That is quite a right. big Let's thing. Let's hope they Listen. follow through with that, though. Listen, whoever wrote this fucking statement, 
Get think... a grip, mate. You've just gone through four paragraphs of absolute waffle. Start with that. <laughs> yeah, lead with that. <laughs> Jesus. He's almost like they tried to squeeze um, it in, isn't it? <laughs> well, what else is he's, he's also gone on saying the self-sustaining model. We want this club to be always be successful and win trophies. To compete for trophies requires significant investment. The commercial growth of the club. Essentially, this last paragraph is saying what we've done in the commercial stuff, we've had to do it to try and compete. That's what he's the centre of that last paragraph is. Joel Glazer then followed the meeting and said, I was pleased to join the fans forum to listen to the views of supporters, address their questions and share ideas on how we can improve the way we work together. As owners, we want the exact same thing as fans, successful team and a strong club, and we want to work in partnership to achieve those objectives. Fans are the lifeblood of Manchester United and I'm personally committed to ensuring that they are given an enhanced voice through creation of a fan advisory board and a fan share scheme. This club has been in discussion with Must regarding a fan share scheme for a number of months and has already sought external legal advice on options. Discussions will now intensify with the aim of agreeing the plan before the start of the new season. So my reading of that, because literally we have just done that. We've just read that. We've just literally come through as an email at 4.01, gone through it. A lot of fluff, which was yeah, always going to be a lot of fluff. <laughs> but the fan share scheme bit is massive. That's big because that was something that was asked for that I just didn't anticipate that you would get. They always needed to come into that and voluntarily give that up. And I didn't really see any way of forcing them to do that. So that's big that they've actually gone and done that. Um, the rest of it, we're going to accelerate our funding into Old Trafford. You mean start, right? Because there's no funding for Old Trafford. It's a fucking bismuth. Rusting away. Um, <laughs> Carrington's got temporary facilities because you haven't got a bottle to apply for permanent enhancements and they were moving uh, the women's team into places not because there was space but they were taking that space off academy players so like just build more facilities You've got a hundred acres at Carrington yep. you can build some shit like you <sighs> abysmal for starters in, in terms of that and then obviously Old Trafford whatever you try and do at Old Trafford is, is in the tens of, or hundreds of millions of pounds because it just is because mm. the size of the place same with Carrington it's in the tens or hundreds of millions of pounds we're already six or seven hundred million pound in debt are they just going to pull this money out of their hoop yeah, yeah I've... it's even like, so, hey did you want some signings or do you want a baby wipe around the, the stanchions at Old Trafford which one do you want because it's not going to be both I'd want signings obviously because that's so, how you get the success on the pitch and just, on yeah, go on. Keep nah, going. Go on, Alex. But the, this is just from Twitter and stuff like that. Uh, Rick from the TRA has kind of said, overall, a positive meeting, which left me cautiously, cautiously optimistic. More detail is needed against the proposals, as the devil will be in the details. Headlines include, and he goes through the... Um, this is the club agreed to work with Must on the, the share scheme, the advisory board, fan forums to be expanded. The Glazer family agreed to pay all costs and fines associated with the ESL, commits to a major investment in sta- stadium and training facilities, full cooperation in family review, commitment to ongoing engagement. The one big thing, and they've just gone to Ian Sterling, same kind of thing, still won't commit to paying off the debt that they put onto the club. So they've mm-hmm. not commit, They've still not put into that. They think the dividend payments are fair. They still think that they're taking out the money wow. every month is, every year is okay. Uh, convinced, commits to investment in the team this summer. So, Wait, you can't do all of them? No, you can't have that. You can't have dividend payments, invest in all that, invest in the team not pay off the debt. All those things doesn't really line up to me. Um, but again, it's it seems a bit backwards, the statements and stuff. A lot of PC dribble in it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I actually didn't <laughs> actually think you would be coming out of this with any sort of promises. I thought it would have been 
we have a meeting, the fans would put forward their questions or demands, yep. and they would say thank you for those questions or demands, and we will go back and we will answer them in due course. So like, have nothing set in stone, they weren't really going to promise Absolutely, anything. Absolutely, yeah. You thought they'd give themselves a little bit of leeway to kind of pull back if they yeah, needed to. That's exactly what I thought yeah. was going to happen. So them coming out actually and saying we're going to, uh, I mean, even promising talks though, technically isn't promising anything except talks. Yeah. That's not necessarily promising that you're going to do anything, but it did actually seem like there was going to be some movement with um, fan ownership there. It does. The only the things that you've got there, the agree on the, the fan own the, the share scheme that will have the equal voting rights to the Glazers will be there. Now, this is the other thing is the one thing that everyone wants to have is the fact that we want if you can if we can afford to buy it, we buy it. So if you get enough fans together to be able to buy it, or anybody comes together in the same way the Glazers did, they've taken that option away the last few years, haven't they? Where they can't afford to... You, you can't, even if someone came and said it, you can't do it. What what's they've the, said is voting rights. <laughs> Four billion. It's a lot of zeros, that. My calculator goes up to 400 million. Right. Okay. It's a lot. Hang on, let me just... Let me see what's in my checking account. Um, We've not got it, have we? About 4 billion shot. Yeah, yeah. If a group of fans, Stephen, right. managed to get it, they've now said that. Okay, yes, maybe what not on me? this table right here. <laughs> they wanted that. And all they've committed to is voting rights. They've not, in terms, it's not an ownership right. So all the commercial stuff will still go Glazer's way. You might not get, even get any monetary value back from that. So it's just turn it that. sideways. Turn it sideways. Right, okay. You, you <laughs> might invest and not get any money back, but you get a vote. That might be the case of it. It might be like the Barcelona fan group that they have at the minute which is you've got to spend 400 quid just to be allowed to think you can become a member the, the Barcelona membership yeah, is you insane. are right because they haven't really specified like how much like fan involvement would actually no. be it'd be so, when shares come up for sale mm. and we never put any up for sale it's one of those just <laughs> mad little like <laughs> loopholes that they get you with uh, the, you know Bar- the Barcelona one's insane, you know. It's like, if you want to become a member at Barcelona, they go, cool, is your dad a member? And you go, oh, uh, no. And they go, yeah, no. Really? Yeah. Oh, have you got any relatives, cousins or uncle maybe that I remember? No. No. <laughs> they, they do not want you. The other bit in there is saying, you know, the fan advisory board will be set up to elected fans and fan groups will be able to be consulted on joining leaving competitions leaving OT etc and all these different things whether that's on the cards and stuff so big things like that but they've not really said you're going to get consulted on that doesn't mean we're going to listen to you that's the other thing with these advisory boards you can have as many advisory boards as you want you can have a advisory board and we think you should stop drinking Red Bull doesn't mean you're Fuck actually off. going to do it <laughs> no but it's that kind that, of that, thing that seems like is a little bit of a shot there you, you can have a couple of people <laughs> around you <laughs> saying that and they just go yeah, Wasn't no, it good. Chelsea yeah, promised nice to let a fan be on the board but not have any sort of like when the meetings happen you have to fuck off you're not allowed to vote um, you have to face the wall when you can't make eye contact with Roman Abramovich <laughs> well they all those little things yeah, as well. yeah of course there is so like hey we got a fan on the board he's not allowed to do anything though and he has to go and get the sandwiches at lunchtime yeah it's not um, it's, it's one of them like that that point there the devil will be in the details whatever gets written into this and if once this gets put down on paper will show whether this is an actual thing that is actually useful towards Manchester United Football Club and the fans of that it sounds good and that's the thing someone put that cautiously optimistic it all sounds yeah great. that's that's exactly it because I don't think the Glazers have given us any indication that we should believe in well, anything <laughs> it's only been 16 years give them a fucking minute we 
as United fans, we're all going to be cautiously optimistic because it's one of them where we hope that there's going to be some truth in that statement. But they've never really given us anything in terms of a reason for us to believe them. Do you know what I'm saying? Because there's a lot of filler in that. There's a lot of stuff in that where it seems like they've given themselves a bit of leeway in terms of to draw back on it. So I don't think Steve's very optimistic about it. <laughs> Been hurt before, lad. That was a greedy pull. Not very believing. That was a greedy pull. <laughs> um, so yeah, th- there is, there's all that. There's the case of those two points there, that point eight and nine that, that kind of weren't going through at all, that they didn't put in the letter, obviously. Won't commit to paying off the debt. They're never going to commit to that. That's going to be there forever <laughs> until in someone that wild, comes. Hey, do you know what you owe seven hundred million? Which, if you default on that, could mean that we have to sell Old Trafford to, to cash converters. Yeah, let's not and you know they're that. not giving you a proper price. <laughs> no, no, no. Yo, you'd be but like, they, they, they sell, sell it, it for one hundred and fifty million. Yeah, but I've got to sell it for more, pal. Yeah, exactly. So, sit it in a window. Not committing to that postcard of Old Trafford. And the thinking, the dividend payments are fair. You know. <laughs> I had this discussion with United fans, some United fans oh, the other God. week, and they said it's, it's their business to do what they want. I said, that is fine. But when you look at, out of the 92 football league clubs in the UK, there's only two clubs that have taken dividends over, out, I think it's something like that, over the past 10 years. Two clubs. That kind of shows that, number one, that's not where the business model should be based around. And number two, those two clubs are proper arseholes, and we're one of them. In the fact that those owners are the ones that decide that this is how we're going to make money. And the fact, the fact that we took the dividends out this year, after you said, they've taken a loan out of 60 million quid to, pay, to bills. pay bills and stuff, to pay bills and staff and everything to go along. And yes, they did the PR thing of not going on furlough and all this kind of stuff. We understand it's been a tough time. Mm. But then don't take dividends out. You know, if you, if you are struggling and you've decided to take the moral high ground on all these things, which their PR team did, and look, through the pandemic, did very well and made the right decisions a lot of times, Manchester United. Win after win, but fair, from a club in the, in the but early then pandemic. to take 20 million quid out and just go, yeah, we need that. Why? Why was that necessary? Why was that bit necessary? And that's the thing that just doesn't Ollie make sense. I asked in the comments, could you imagine owing anywhere near to 700 million? Just imagine that sum of money. Um, yeah, I mean, some of us probably had sleepless nights about a credit card bill, let alone <laughs> like... How much is yeah. it? You're like, how many fucking zeros? No, exactly. Jesus, it's not real. What's the minimum payment on that? <sighs> it's madness. It is absolutely madness. But we'll see how things go. We'll see, again, the de- let's see what this gets written out as. Let's see what happens when this gets kind of typed up and says, mm. this is the detail of this advisory board. Here's yeah. what you can do. You said you'd that do that. Advisory. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. We can prove it. You can see that coming, innit? <laughs> Uh, Douglas has asked is there a link to the stream of the meeting no nothing like that has been put out yet all we've got is you've got the statement of the club and then a couple of the main fan groups uh, Moss and TRA have kind of put out a little bit of information from their perspective as well because obviously everything was minuted but that's not going to come out for a while United have put out what they want everyone to hear which is all the positive things that Joel Glazer said which Mm. by the looks of things there are a lot but then the fan groups have kind of put out and gone, yeah, don't forget, they've not committed to pay off the debt, still going to take dividends out. And yeah, it's great. Yeah. Smashing. The, the, yeah. <laughs> I, I, w- I would love to see it for the fact that I know he would have definitely come onto the call sideways. But I want to press. No, not that. You mute, you muted. Joel, you muted. You muted, Joel. Can't hear you. Muted. Someone, someone can get in there and sort him out. Yeah, it's... Um, 
What I said to, I was saying it to Jay yesterday. Imagine, imagine, it was never going to happen. But imagine if this was the announcement for Sancho today. He just went, "Hey guys, look what I've got for you. <laughs> <laughs> here's, here's your shiny, here's your shiny new toy." About, how good would that have been, though? Please forgive me. About six or seven years ago, the key word of the summer transfer window was smokescreen. <laughs> Everything was a smokescreen for Ronaldo coming yeah, up, yeah. usually. And you just think this club couldn't, literally, could not organize a piss up in a brewery. No. Right? There's no way they're organised enough to do something as insanely mega as that. I said, what would have been worse? Announcing Jaden Sancho on a fans forum meeting or having Lexi Sanchez playing the piano in the middle of Old Trafford? Worse. Which was worse. worse. Well, mm. neither are bad, are they? I mean, Alexis, <laughs> let's be honest, when Alexis was playing that piano, we were all hard. So We were all looking forward to that. You can't tell me you weren't excited. A little bit. I wouldn't say I was hard, though. Yeah, so it's... A high-level recap of the meeting. Load of guff, then some potentially monumental news about fan ownership, and then a load of guff. So, yeah, the the key points, and I'll go... Do you know what? I'm not going to go to the official statement because that's not the official, what you need to know. The the 10 major points, and this has come from the TRA kind of stuff, is clubs agree to work with with Must on the fan share scheme. Shares will have equal voting rights to the Glazer family. Says it could be the largest fan ownership group in the world. Won't confirm volume caps, whatever it is. The fan advisory board is to be set up with elected fans and fan groups on it. All fundamental issues to be consulted. Joining leaving competitions. Leaving Old Trafford, big things like that. Fan spawn to be expanded. Glazer family agreed to pay all costs and fines associated to the ASL. Commits to major investment in the stadium and training facilities. Full cooperation in the fan-led review, which is coming up in the next few weeks. Commitment to ongoing engagement with fans and apologises for getting it wrong by 16 years of silence. Wow, cheers, lad. And then the two <laughs> big points that are the ones that the Glazers Subtle haven't apology. mentioned at all, that is the big ones, is they still won't commit to paying off any of the debt. Think that the dividend payments are fair, so just think 20 million quid is going to go out every month, every year to the Glazers. 80 million is going to go to the bank every year. So there's 100 million that could be spent on the stadium, transfers, community projects, all that a stuff. Year. Isn't gonna, it, it that feels, a year! Not, you know, it feels a bit like that. the good news first, bad news yeah. second. And then the final bit is commits to investment in the team this summer. So let's see how that goes. Yeah, but what does that mean? Again, buying one £5 million player's technically investment. Mm-hmm. But realistically, we need a summer like Chelsea had last mm. year. You give us a summer like Chelsea had last year, and I think we're pulling trophies in. Yeah, but they'll probably say if we give you a summer like the one that Chelsea did, then we're not going to invest in refurbishing Old Trafford and or they, of course expanding they because Carrington we're in six hundred million pound worth of debt. <laughs> However, clearly they've got credit that I can't access, right? Just because the, the the amount of sums that they owe is insane, right? Just get a new credit card, lads. Fuck it. But that's, <laughs> but, but, if you're seven hundred million pound in debt, let's be eight hundred million pound in debt. You know what I mean? Like what? Who it's honestly? A little difference in it. There's no difference, is there? <laughs> Too no. far gone. Nah. Like, or, or a billion. Fuck it. And that is the whole point to this. This all this talk they've gone through the there. Walk on ice, Alex, you might as well dance. And all those major things, the the investment in the stadium, the investment in the players, the frame, whatever, is still going to be offset every single year by the 100 million that we have to pay out on average to cover their faults. So to pay the 80 million quid in, dividend, in the interest that comes out every year, the 20 million that they take out in cash every year. So that's 100 million quid. I said, imagine if you'd have invested... A hundred million pound into the Manchester United structure since they took over in sixteen years, one point six billion. If you spent six hundred million extra on players, 
a hundred, a billion, hundred million a year, a billion, extra. half a billion on the state, on the stadium. And this half was back in two thousand and five. If that had been spread out, if you'd have spent a hundred million pound on players in one summer, people would be collapsing. <laughs> would like have. up until Ronaldo went for eighty mm. in two thousand and eight, uh, nine, yeah. right? The world record was fifty million. It had been like that for like seven years. Real Madrid broke their own record when they pulled Kaká in for fifty-five, right? Then they went, I'm fucking that when yeah. they got Ronaldo in. So 55 million would have been two Ballon d'Or winning players. Oh, 50, 50 million. So 100 million would have been two Ballon d'Or winning players every fucking year. Yeah, right? Since 2005. What did we get? We got fucking Owen Hargreaves, followed by Carrick, <laughs> followed by Michael fucking Owen and Obertan, followed by fucking Bebe and Bellion. <laughs> Followed by go fuck yourselves. Oh, you can have a Robin Van Persie because he's only 20 million at the end of the day. Instead of getting someone like fucking Benzema, like we should have got at the time, yeah. or Bale, I'm like we should have got at a fucking time. I'm still really hurt about that. Because I remember how close we were to getting Benzema and we let him slip through the net. Well, that was it. The Benzema deal was in the pipeline. So yeah. That was like, Ronaldo's <laughs> gone, but don't worry. We're getting Benzema. He's going to be the best They've only just fucking thing. left us, probably. That's why he played against us at Old Trafford for Leon, And since that game, Sir Alex was like, I need... Him. Yeah, yeah, like he, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, did you see the reaction actually to him going off topic for a minute? We're allowed. <laughs> did you see the reaction to Benzema getting announced back in the French squad? Nope, scenes like you've not I seen. I didn't, I've Benzema seen, owns them streets, loves it. No, nah, it does, it's because it's it, that speaks about obviously France and their strength in depth. They're just probably excited that they don't have to go into a they won the world it, cup with yeah, Giroud they, starting, Giroud and Lacazette. And, and Gir- Giroud started <laughs> every game and isn't that good. He was good in the Euros, though. That's yeah, but he was just—he didn't score any goals. He just headed the ball down for people, What's which point? is good. Nah, I don't. Yeah, but no, no Giroud that can do what Giroud does at but the same actually, time and Lord. also bags. He'd have bagged ten goals in the tournament at the same time. That, they're gonna win this, aren't they? By a long way. Nah, but Benzema are not coming to United. Still upsets me to this day. Do you want to read the super chat? From PS, he says, other than signings and stadium investment, only if someone like Edwin van der Sar replaces Potato Head, then I have hope the Glazers have learned, but I'm sceptical. Um, I don't think you're getting that now. Now you've got Darren Fletcher and is it John Murta as yeah. uh, the technical director and director of football. I don't think you're getting Edwin. Um, and I don't think they'd be... Here's the thing. Any job's only as good as the power that's behind it. Yeah. Which was supposedly the case... Um, so I spoke to Evra about uh, the director of football thing. Do you know like he was getting pictured with... What are you smiling at? <laughs> oh, I spoke to Evra. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I spoke to a French left back instead in France. Yeah. Um, and he, I asked him about the director of football thing because he was getting pictured with Woodward all the time. And, and he said, yeah, we spoke about the director of football job. And he said he wasn't having it because he thought it was a... I didn't think it was a real job. He thought it was a bullshit job. And he was like, is it... His exact wording was, he won all the shit to go to this guy. And rather than um, mm. just go, basically a shit deflector for Woodward was what he was suggesting I it think, was. Mm. I think no that, real power that role job. will always have a financial person involved and a footballer now. I think that's what yeah, they kind of said. Woodward you've got Fletcher well. and you've got, you're never going to get someone like Van der Sar is, okay, I'm going to be those that job together. I'm going to do the finance bit. But the main thing is I'm going to look after football. You'll never get that. You're not going to get that kind of director of football in. You're going to get people that is... There's someone there that's a link to the Glazers in terms of the board, in terms of the money side, that has that involved. And then you have Darren Fletcher that is 
football angle. Football angle. And me not actually have that much to say. He's just kind of the bridge between Ollie or whoever's there mm. and that. And I think Darren Fletcher's neutral enough to kind of fit that mould. So, I haven't finished what I was saying, right? So, Evra said he thought Rio was going to take it. And obviously, I've managed to speak to Rio recently about mm-hmm. it. And he was like, never, I was never offered it. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's Sums ma- us up. Again, madness how those kind of things going around in between players and owners and stuff like that, where you think that's going to happen and it's not even been offered it. But it's one of those people are going to judge that statement on who we signed this summer and that can't be the case. That can't be just, that can't just be it. There needs to be all these little things that have been mentioned, the fans, you know, the fan board, the fan share scheme and all these kind of things, the investment in the training ground. The whole point about the women's team one was the one of the shock, more shocking things this summer. The fact that she's left because, Casey Stoney left because she didn't see the investment in things like infrastructure and the fact that they were using temporary buildings for the women's team and they weren't actually, mm. they, there was no plans to put a women's part of the training ground together, a, a permanent structure. They're some of the almost more worrying things than us not getting a player in the fact that they've done this, essentially a PR move of, there's, you mentioned that the only big team in the UK that didn't have a women's team. They've made it but there's no actual thing to actually make no, it a you know success. What? We had a women's team and then the Glazers came in and went, what's that? Fuck that off. Yeah. So my sister was playing at United at the time. She did three years at City and then moved over to United at 15. Was it United from 15 to 18? And then when she was 18, because there was nowhere for us to go, because there was no you know, women's main team, uh, she ended up going to Oldham. We're like, you actually. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad place. Not a good one either. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so Alex Ferguson had the no value in the market. Someone mentioning uh, everyone thinks Van der Sar is the director of football. That's overmarge. Yeah, Van der Sar is the CEO. He's Woodward. Yeah, yeah. he's mm-hmm. the Woodward job. Yeah, yes. that was a lot of talk. Was is he going to come over here to be director of football when he's already in a higher position at Ajax? Right. And who knows, really? Who knows? The super chat. You're sick on footy manager 2016. Yeah, I don't think I've been on Football Manager for a couple of years now, but I'm hearing that I've, I'm quite decent on it, which makes no sense because I've got like one and a half star potential, apparently. I, th- a... I think the name has something to do with it, Ronaldo. <laughs> I think, Joe, I genuinely think it is because there yeah. was press when you signed for Old. Yeah. And I think that that leads a lot of the sort of like potential and abilities. It was just a play style. Yeah. Football um, Manager just knows a baller when, when you see one. Also, <laughs> someone is doing an update and you can actually play as us uh, and I've given them the squad list as well so you might even be able to play as Cam you damn Cam what is that uh, Subaruto <laughs> Malik one out of ten passing the sports chat said if you want to have a Chelsea summer who would you bring in for 225 mil I think it's for me it's, it's the four names that everyone's been linked with but before, go, before we go to Varane, that though, Rice Sancho we've just we've just sat here we've been cynical about the statement yeah because we do look at it as, and then assume that they've put in these little, these little promises about investing in the infrastructure of the stadium and the training ground as almost an excuse in future for if we don't sign who we want to sign. They said, well, you asked for this, but we couldn't promise both. And that's just how I see it happen. It's almost one of them where they put that out to get a little bit of good PR. They said all the right stuff. They said all the PC stuff so that when you eventually do let you down, that it's not as much of a like world winner shit of saying, oh, he's a shit, he's a shit. Or blame us. Or blame us, exactly. Said you asked for that, so the fact that 
you've asked for um, investment in, in, in infrastructure, you've asked for investment in other things, we've given you that, so now we can't do the other thing of getting you the transfers that you'd also want as well and get the star players that are going to take us to the next level. Both. Like I said, you might as well just get a fucking Wongalone out. Let's go absolutely bananas. <laughs> Fuck it. Because yeah, honestly, like we've paid yeah. well for 1.5 billion in interest in the last 15 years. It's done nothing. It's not even put a dent in it. So fuck it. Why don't we try and rack up as much debt as we can? Let's go for it. Why not? Cool. Go oh, sorry, I cut you off there, Alex. You can name um, four positions. Talk about the four. You know, the four players. I think they're pretty clear. I think I think these links that we've we've had are pretty clear. What Ollie wants, he wants Jaden Sancho. He wants a centre half. It looks like he wants Kieran Trippier. So I think if you actually get all these players we're linked with, that's the good summer. That's that's what it is. It's it's all these players we're linked with in all these different positions and coming out and go, oh, we actually got them. And we didn't end up going. And Or if we don't get these first choice, actually getting a replacement. You know, look at last summer where we didn't get Sancho and everyone was like, okay, we've not got Sancho. Didn't replace him. But maybe we'll get a cheaper option when we'll go to, to Watford and get a SAR for 40 million quid or something, you know, something like that. No. I'm just going to get no one. And we're going to get Ahmad, who's going to get loaned out straight away. And we're going to make How much was Ben Long Palestra? Was he like 15 mil? Yeah, something like that. 15 mil could be the difference between a 40 million pound player who's all right and a 55 million pound player who's banging. It's true. Like, it that's could be the difference between Donny van der Beek and Grealish. That's what I was going to ask you because everyone's jumped on the trippier thing. I think a lot of people are against it because even though he's going to only cost you around 18 to 20 million. It's 18 to 20 million that could be put to, like as an additional booster on a transfer for someone better and for someone bigger in a, in a yeah. position that we need. Like we actually we, need. It's if like, we miss out on Sancho now because yeah. we wouldn't push that extra 8 million. 8, eight million. And we spent We spent 20 million on Trippier. We could have used that. That's, yeah. what, that's the way I see it. I don't think... So you write back a little bit of depth, but I think you need to focus on the positions that are... Like, like Ethan Laird didn't go and rass it up when he went to Milton Keynes? Yeah, he rassed it up indeed. Exactly, but... <laughs> <laughs> We, we want to put faith in youngsters, but we do want to make sure that we do sign players that aren't going to be lateral moves. We need players that are going to take us to the next level straight away. We need you players that are going to be upgraded. Got to improve the first team. Do you think that's, that's a little bit in Ollie's mind as well? Because you've got the likes of Laird, Jimmy Garner coming back into the club. Do you think if even if Ollie thought, do you know what, I'm going to back that this year. I'm going to play Laird as my backup right back. I'm not going to get a, um, not going to get a midfielder. I'm not going to spend on Rice. I'm not going to get Basuma because I've got James Garner coming back. Do you think Ollie in the back of his mind going, I can't do that because the reaction and the and whatever just isn't going to fit. And I think that for as much as it might be a long-term decision that in three or four years pays off. We haven't got that in, long. We, that's he, the whole thing. We, have, we, we, we haven't we got that have long. Ollie hasn't got that long. I think he, for the so. last few years, he has played that bit of a long-term thing and go, do you know what? If I get an Ahmad in, in two years' time, he could be... A, a world-class player or can do that. I think this summer, I said I said last night on the transfer show with Jays that I think that centre-half decision, if he goes for Pau Torres, he's still looking a little bit long-term. If he goes for Varane, it's like, I want to win the league exactly. this year. We've not, we've that, not, for me, is the choice. We haven't got time for gambles. Like We can't actually gamble at the moment. It's one of them where you need to sign sure things. Like pre People that are proven, people that have the pedigree. We haven't got the time anymore. If you look at the likes of City and, and Chelsea and if you actually want to compete, we need to accelerate a little bit. And the only way to do that is to buy players that are going to come in straight away and improve your first team. We don't want to sign players that may, might be good, might not be. We haven't really <laughs> we haven't got time to do that. Do me in the comments. Um, he's commented this a few times and I've, I've ignored yeah. you on purpose, mate. 
Um, it says, please, and I'm just going to address it now, though. Please briefly explain the fan share scheme and the change it can actually enact. I can't because we don't know. It's it's literally been announced 20 odd minutes ago, um, and we don't. They, they promised to talk about enacting it. The changes it can bring about are anything from nothing to everything at the moment. We don't know the level of which those voting rights will exist, whether there'll be enough to actually force the hand of the board in anything. At the moment, it's a, they promise to do something. Let's wait and see how it actually shakes out and, and what it's going to be. Yeah, th that's, mm. that's the whole thing. It's, for as much as that statement's come out, it will be the details will change whether or not this is a good, state, good statement or just fluff. Those, those points around fan share ownership, the points around uh, the fan advisory board and all that kind of stuff, the devil, the detail in that will decide whether it was good or not. And also then the actions on the commitments to monetary things, to the investment in the stadium, the training ground, stuff like that. If that doesn't get done or it becomes in, we invested in the stadium, we fixed that door you broke. That could be a thing that happens. That would be something that we fit the leak. We fixed the leak <laughs> in the roof. What's the What's the obvious reason why they haven't given those details straight away? Because, well, to be fair, they never they were never going to. Because and they likely they likely never don't really to. know themselves. They were never going to. But and they need and there's going to be thousands of legal papers in terms to get this right. And in a month, that it's, it is quite a short to, time to There'll get be this right. Twenty two lawyers looking over but, all of this stuff. Who knows? The, the reason is that they probably wouldn't, they can't do that straight away. But again, the they also have not come out and give details because you can be held accountable to specifics. If you said, we're going to build a new roof, then someone goes, okay, by when? Mm. And then when that deadline gets passed because they've done fuck all, you go, you said you're going to build a so roof. So you almost have to be a bit ambiguous. You can't be. Totally. Yeah. yeah so I mean, not sense. that we would like that. We don't Super want that. chats. Yeah. Tom Marsh put in that statement was wank. Have a pint on me. Lots of <laughs> for import. Love you, Nick Glazer. Sound. Cheers, Tom. You can um, come again. You can come again. Um, Parrish said Andre Silver in 40 million could be a good option. There's value out there. That's There's what I was about yeah, what yeah, Fergie was saying. Like there was tons of players he was looking into. Christian Eriksen, Modric, those people that went to Spurs for fuck all at the Mora, time. Mora even that went to PSG. That was the one he, Tony he said in his, his, his book. He said yeah. Mora was 19 and PSG spent 40 million. We thought that wasn't enough. You look at Mora's career now. He didn't have the best of times at PSG and has did okay at Tottenham at times. He showed sparks. If you brought him in under Sir Alex Ferguson in 2012. Who knows the tra trajectory of his career? I mean, the two, David Silver and Aguero was 60 million quid. In yeah, but Vincent long... Company was six. Yeah. Six. No, but those two six. were the clear and obvious six. to buy. Too many sixes, that. It's a little they bit were the two demonic. to get. Go and get them. <laughs> but who knows? I mean, I'm just trying to think what centre-house we've signed in that fucking, uh, in that, from then. I mean, Phil Jones was three times that. Phil Jones. Have a look how many games that company played. Versus how many of that? Yeah, wasn't company signed as a midfielder? Yeah, played as a midfielder yeah, you're right. for He's a, a central long defensive time. Midfielder. <laughs> um, he, was, he was another one that was mega on footy manager. Footy manager doesn't often miss, you know. They've <laughs> got some homework that they do in mm. there. Adich has said, uh, Sal Ward's credible Steve. <laughs> I mean, I don't fucking know. He's going PSG, isn't he? Uh, there was also some talk that he was going to go Bayern Munich. And if that's the case, you should listen to me then, shouldn't you? Because Bayern Munich don't necessarily usually sign duds. They don't. And the, the thing with United is that maybe people have just heard you and gone, do you know what, we can link this and this is click, clickbait, 
keyword bingo, put United in the no, mix. I've never said we were signing him. I just don't no. like him. Exactly. So <laughs> people have seen that and you tweeted it four million times. A few oh. journalists pick up on it and Not go, we can link United to this because someone said it a lot of times. And I rate him. I rate him a lot. He's good. And I, I think he's... I think there's a lot of what United need. I think people have fell into this trap of looking at Ndidi, Partey, Kante and saying, we need a destroyer, just like very, like in a box kind of midfielder. But there's there's a million different other styles of midfielder that you can be. And I think you look at your Neves and you look at your Niguez and I think, I think those are a different variation of defensive midfielder just because they're not an all-action tackler. You I, can defend I, space, I, you can defend. I'm, I slightly disagree. I think destroyer more so. I think I think we do, obviously you are right. There's different variations of defensive midfielders, but I'm just thinking about with the personnel that we have and who we're looking to bring in in forward areas. What's if the best do, midfield in the last ten years? as a three. In England. In the world. Busquets, Xavi, and Nesta. Correct. Yeah, Busquets. But Busquets read the game as Busquets was that clever. He didn't need to tackle as much as Kante did. If you can get is Sal that good? I wouldn't, I wouldn't even you say have to be, well, even you then, have to be Michael Carrick levels of I'm that switched on to do well, you, that you just give me two examples of players who aren't that give me the next best midfield Casemiro Cruz Casemiro you, more know, you, you, you're going to go you're going to go along lines of saying Fernandinho Silva De Bruyne Fernandinho's exactly that but Fernandinho is partly what I've described in terms of he's almost two men himself in his prime right and I think, and Sal, kind of allows I think Sal can do that I think Saul's got the very similar sort of characteristics as, as Fernandinho. Because re- we've, we've spoken about it all season. Why do you think Oli's had to constantly play McTominay and Fred? Yeah. For example, we've got no one else. And they're both, uh, they're both limited. So it's yeah. one of them where they're both so limited that they can't play individually with... They the, sort of yeah. yin and yang into each yeah. other. <laughs> and between the two of them make a passable midfielder. Like you can't... One of them isn't good enough to play alongside a Van der Beek or alongside a Pogba, who's a little bit more progressive, a little bit more attacking. They're not good enough as a defensive midfielder to allow a more attacking player to play next to him in a pivot. So they almost have to play together. Yeah. And alongside that is the fact that defensively, in the centre, over the Maguire, the other centre-halves have been fairly inconsistent as well. So they obviously need that extra protection. So that's why I said, I feel like if you get a destroyer, you get someone, it's going to sound like a Kante, like an Ndidi, like a Fernandinho type, it would, ad- it, would, it would actually allow you to play somewhere. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if Rice has got the legs for it. No, I don't think Rice, I don't I think, think Rice is, is that good. Someone who might have been on loan at West Ham said he's not. <laughs> All right, okay, nah. move on from that. <laughs> someone, someone, someone who might have played for West Ham, shall we say, um, doesn't think Rice is as good as McTominay. Okay, well. Um, Baskin is boy there. I mean, that could be anyone. Bassman2591. I like the super chat. Baggers bang on. Statement good in my opinion, but only if there's action. Can't complain they don't communicate, then complain when they do. Still not keen though. The complaint is always going to be, this is the first time in 16 years. Don't give them credit for doing something after no. all this stuff's gone on. That's Simon Stone made that mistake this morning, putting that tweet out saying, give them credit. They're not going to get that today. Imagine, they shouldn't deserve that. Imagine your mate batters his missus every day for 16 years and then one day he didn't. You can't give him any credit for not doing that. <laughs> no, you can't do that. And that's the no. abusive relationship we're in with yeah. these, these fuckers. No. So you didn't drop the C-bomb then? You didn't. Well Still done. monetized. All well right. Done. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Got some Basuma. I like him. I think he's got... A, I'd Ballering. also go with Tariq Lamptey as well. I think Tariq Lamptey's a hell of a player. And would he cost much more than Trippier at 30? I think he would. I think it's one of them where United he's English. 
The thing is, United go to, they, United go and they go, you want Terry Lamptey? Fantastic. Yeah, that yeah, £50 million pound price tag. It's not £50 million, no. For, no, but that's the whole point. United, go, they, United comes and they go, £50 million quid. Lamptey's going to cost more than 20 club. United need a black club. Like, buy, like... Chef Wednesday or something, or have a real good deal with Chef Wednesday where we can phone up from Chef Wednesday's phone number. Yellow. Yeah, we'd like to eat Lamptey. Nah, the United tax is eternal. We're going to have to deal it's with it, unfortunately. It's one of them. As soon as we I come think in. that's a legal state as well. <laughs> Slightly. No, I think so. That's I how United got Fergie, you know. So it, yes, it's in that United oh, way. It's in, it's in the United way, isn't it? Uh, Martin Edwards also dropped that. I don't know if he dropped it beforehand, but he dropped it on the podcast that I did with him. Yeah. So that's why I titled it United Lied. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so yeah, he said that. He said they phoned up as somebody else and just said, "Yeah, uh, hi guys." What <laughs> What were your thoughts on on obviously you're still on DM thing on Frank Kessie when he played us them two legs for AC Milan? Looked all right. Looked good. Whether again another one that does he do it on his own kind of thing? Does he do you put him in there and means you can play Pogba or Van der Beek like next to him, or you can play Pogba him and that's the thing with Is all Pogba these... him and Bruno world class midfield. I think it's it's on the way. It's on the way, but. Could you trust that in every game? And if if that's the case, are you still going to play in a lot of games, Kessie and McTominay? Because I think that that's yeah, the and thing. You is, should, and and you think you should. I think that's we used the to thing. play Keenan fucking Nicky Butt. Yeah. There's a time and a place for for going with a, a double pivot of defensive midfielders and going fucking it. Come on then. And yeah. there's a there's a time and place for going. No, actually, this time I we're want a go little bit maybe more. a little bit more. Um, we'll go Phil Neville and Scholes instead. But what's been the issue though for United this season? It's been struggling against low blocks or teams that have sat back or our home form has obviously been a lot worse than our way form for that very reason. So it's one of them where I don't think there's a need for us to be playing that two DMs kind Not of necessarily, thing. no, but I don't think the two DM is on its own a function of anything. I think if, let's say you played two DMs, but you had a, you played 4-4-2, old school 4-4-2, mm. and you had two DMs in it. But on the right-hand side, you've got Jason Sanchez. You might have heard of him, right? And he's holding his line and he's got, you know, he's got paint on his boots because he's right on the line. Now, here's what happens at the moment. Everyone goes, and is from the D to the edge of the box on the left-hand side because that's the only place United attack. Pogba's in there, Shaw's in there. Do you know what it is? Fucking Bruno's in there, Rashford's in there, and they're inside defence in there. And they look to the other side and they go... No, I'm not marking him. It's one Bissaka. A lot of the time, United actually do play almost like a forward team with how high Bruno goes sometimes. Yeah, they do. I started to realise that I think Bruno kind of puts a lot of pressure on the midfield pivot with how high he goes. Yeah, he does, yeah. I think he needs to be a little bit closer. I and said that, that might already. be something that yeah. is maybe a problem, is the fact that when Bruno plays, maybe you can't play that. And maybe you have to play that almost old school 4-4-2, like you said. And you can't, pl- especially if you're going to put Rashford and you've just mentioned San- Sancho in that team as well. It's going to be very, very difficult to do that when Bruno's just going, yeah, defensive? Nah, forget that. I'm going to be up there but up there with Cavani. And I think that maybe there is a little bit of that in, he came, in all his thoughts. And that's probably why he plays McTominay and Fred a lot. I think you're right. Because Bruno came here as a bit of an eight and ten hybrid. And he's, be- false nine. <laughs> he's become basically a false nine. I think he's just become in love with the, like, the goal-scoring accolades and the kind of acclaim that comes with it. And he's almost sacrificed some of United's game in terms of the build-up because... He's just constantly making runs in behind. He's he's basically on Cavani's toes sometimes. And it hurts us in terms of our build-up in a way that we build through the third sometimes. That's why I believe that he needs to sometimes sacrifice that. He's yeah. got enough to drop in a little Come bit. Come deeper. Link a little bit. Come deeper and you, yeah. you move people around. Yeah. Like, yeah. If, if he goes and stands on the toes of the centre-half, right, is he winning a header? No. 
He's about five fucking ten, five nine tops, right? Him standing next to Cavani means that one guy's kind of dealing with two of you. And if an, a defensive midfielder comes and sits on top of him, you're not, you're not even seeing any ball coming near you. But if Bruno Fernandes comes and doubles up and him and Pogba go and stand either side of one poor bastard, who's he picking? Oh, shit, mm. who am I marking here? Yeah. I'm going to go closer to him. They're going to pass it to Bruno. I'm going to go closer to him and passing it to Pogba. Like, shit. Like, that is intelligent football. Someone mentioned, do United need to fun fundamentally change the way we play out from the back? I think so. I absolutely think so because I've never seen a team as terrified playing it out from the back. We're fucking awful. We've got reason though. We're not very good at it. <laughs> but in it bad though. How but it's we weird. I said, the only thought I ever had is the amount of times Fred's been dispossessed with his back to, you know, facing our goal and get dispossessed by someone nick it off him. When I went to watch that Leeds under 18s game a couple of years, was it 18 months ago when they played the youth cup there? The midfielder that was playing for that, I think it was Galbraith, every single time from the back got either fizz from the goalkeeper or from the centre half, and one touch hit it over his left shoulder out to the full back. Fred can't do that. And maybe Ollie's thinking, look, this is that's, how I want to play. That's signature. We're going to do that. Let's do that. But we've just not. Fred literally can't do that. One, one touch, left did, foot, out. Did Oldham do it? Oldham definitely did it. Really? Oldham no. played out? We did try and play out. I think every academy football tries to play out, but sometimes we did go 4-4-2 longer. But when you're talking about United's academy level, I don't think they'd probably, they'd probably do like one or two long balls a game. Yeah. They'd be play out at all costs. Yeah. That's month. how you make good players. Uh, <laughs> a month, month probably. Who are they going long to? Fucking nah, playing, nah, United definitely one of the best footballing academies. They'd probably sport. get yeah. dragged off if they go long. If they just went direct mm. into a channel. Christian Shea's put a super chat in. Conrad Limer as a CDM, plays for RB Leipzig. Great on the press and has good endurance positioning, passing is half what Rice costs. They then can sell Pogba and buy Camavinga. Camavinga's good, good option. Uh, people have thrown around Camavinga, he's but he's another... Got the world-class potential. He's a project, though, isn't it? Again, we haven't got time for that. Uh, Oli doesn't have time for that. The club should have time for that. Nah. And, you know, I did a video I want to win now. On uh, Brentford... <laughs> Um, Brentford, check this out. So when we won the Champions League in 2008, I remember that, it was a good yeah, night. Yeah, good. Um, you would have been, what, 10? Fuck yes, old. I was 15. 10 years old. Just about Still I remember know. it really, really well, though. Right, so, <laughs> fuck's sake. When, um, when United won the Champions League in 2010, Brentford finished 14th in League Two. So basically, 82 out of 92 in the, in the football pyramid. It's taken them 13 years. They're now literally in the same league as United. Wow. The transformation they've gone through in that 13 years because they've got an owner who's actually fucking We've intelligent. seen it before, though. It's a similar story with Bournemouth. Similar, yeah. Bournemouth did it. And not as much Leicester. Bournemouth did Leicester. Yeah. Bournemouth did it in a shorter space of time. Mm. Look how Leicester have done it since... Didn't they fold in 2009? Didn't yeah. they go bump? Like, or someone bought, had to buy them back out again in 2000? Early... George. Mid 2000s. Well, is that why they had to sell Filbert Street, or was that a different? Leicester thing? had a serious ownership change where a few fans got together, and Gary Lineker and a few others got that, got some investment together, and had to buy Leicester because they were gone tits up. And since then, they've obviously got new owners in since then, but they've built up from being going down all the way to League One up until where they are now, which is look, winning the Premier League, which was forget, I think, take the Premier League part of it out because that was a freak season. But look where they are, can forget even that Premier League being the fifth best team in the country, probably better, should have done better the last couple Arguably of years, should have done winning better. the FA Cup. Someone said, to, I said, having that chat the other day about people not thinking the Glazers have been that bad, they've done all right, they've just run it as a business. 
I said, are you not jealous of Leicester? They went, why are you jealous of Leicester? Jealous They're worse fuck. than us. I am so jealous of how Leicester have been run. Oh my for God. the past 10, how much they care, the little things that they do. If you did that on the scale of Manchester United Football Club, if you did that with the Crazy. backing of what Manchester United Football Club's got. Manchester United are making about 260 million profit in 2005. The day the Glazers came in, that dropped to about 90. They just lost a lot, a lot of that profit. And then it's only just about got back up to those levels 15 years later, which means not only have we lost the money that they've literally had to pay out, but our profits dropped. Like, everyone's revenue went up, right? Don't tell me, oh, our revenue's gone up X. Well, everyone else's revenue went up 2X and 3X. Yeah. Like, Manchester City's revenue in that time's gone up through the fucking roof. Yo, Leicester's has gone up through the roof. Tottenham, you don't see the money Tottenham are making on a season-by-season basis. It's disgusting. And you think Manchester United had a head start on all of you lot. In 2005, when they bought us, we already had the likes of Wayne Rooney, Cristiano Ronaldo, Rio. Uh, you still had gigs, you still had Scholes. Scholes was going through his eye trouble at the time. Um, Roy Keane had just left. It was, you know, we, I think we just signed uh, Vinic and Evra. But like, the basis of a very good squad with the greatest manager that's ever fucking managed. So when still there? When Nestor was there? Might have just been that was the season he went, I think. So yeah. you had the basis of an unbelievable football team. And the yes, we went on and won three in a row and we won the Champions League a couple of years after they came in. But it wasn't because of anything they changed. That was just the natural progression of, you know, Rooney and Ronaldo just coming to the boil um, after they'd bought us. And then after that team hit the boil, a good owner... You know, someone like even fucking Abramovich, but a good owner like this Benham Keezer from Brentford or the fella at Leicester or even Daniel fucking Levy might have gone, hmm, rather than letting our best asset go and replacing it with fucking Obertan and Michael Owen on a free, maybe we push again and maybe we push I again. Mean, and United could have been out of fucking sight. We could have been 30 titles deep before Liverpool picked I mean, up 19. You look at even, you talk about Levy there and, you know, We've got a Tottenham fan who's one of the coaches at Paddock and we see him just have a meltdown over him. And he's not been great the past 12, 18 months or so with how he's dealt with things. But even look at when he sold Bale, he spent all that money. He spent that 90 million, players, 80 yeah. million for He signed Ericsson, Lamella. They signed like six Soldat. players. They, signed, they spent all that money. United yeah. got Ronaldo and spent 20 million quid or something on Valencia and then got two free transfers yeah. essentially. It was Shit. ridiculous. Um, and that, that's the issue yeah. with them is... It, from the starting point that United were, and were within a couple of years of them taking us over, we could have just taken it to a whole fucking other level of just dominance. Yeah. That by the time Sir Alex Ferguson moonwalked out of here with his fucking seventh Champions League, yeah. like, it'd have been happy days, and whoever you'd have got in would have come in you know, with players that were on the up and up. Like, Fergie's book, I understand Fergie's got to put the narrative that Fergie puts out. And do you know what? Fergie should have been allowed to relegate us if he wanted. If you know, he yeah, did that course, much for this yeah, club, yeah. he should have been able to fucking do what he wanted. But Fergie's trying to protect his own legacy in his book when he talks about how, look at the age profile. People say I left an aging squad. Well, it wasn't about being an aging squad. It was an aging starting 11. And the likes of Chris Smalling and, and Phil mm. Jones and, and Anderson and Cleverly and Danny Welbeck were great squad players. They were never intended to be first-choice players. Don't tell me Chris Smalling's as good as Rio Ferdinand because I'll spit in your face, right? <laughs> Don't tell me Danny Welbeck's on the same level as um, Wayne Rooney. Don't tell me fucking Cleverly comes up to Paul Scholes because they don't. Simple as that. Simple as 
Yeah. And that's the issue is that Fergie has to try and paint this picture. Fergie wouldn't have... Fergie probably deep down knows that that was a shit squad. He does. But it is what it is. Couple, the super chat here from Andrew saying, everyone's sleeping on Pogba's contract situation. Planning transfer without figuring that out is building extension before the foundations. Completely agree. It's something that's kind of not been talked about. It's probably a good thing in terms of the fact that Raiola's not speaking, which is usually a good thing, but <laughs> we'll see how that goes. I'm sure... <laughs> whether we get Sancho done and all that kind of stuff, whether we get the right things in, the Pogba situation is going to be massive and, and there will be something that comes for boil over. Uh, Sancho so, looking likely though. It does. Going to go through because there's a lot of people mm. watching that probably weren't at the start. This is just come out from the Manchester United fans forum, finished at four o'clock today. Simon Stone's tweeted that it apparently overran by over 20 minutes. So the fans have really got into depth. Talking to Joel Glazer today. These are... Some of the key points, this is from the t uh, Rick from the TRA, this is the 10 points that he's kind of taken out of it, saying, the club agree to work with um, Must on a fan share scheme. Shares will equal voting rights to the Glazer family shares. Says it could be the largest fan ownership. The fan advisory board will be set up uh, with elected fan reps and fan groups on it. All fundamental issues to be consulted on, in including leaving competitions. Fans forum to be expanded and more representation, representative of fan base. Glazer family agree to pay all costs of the ASL, including the Premier League fines, commit to major investment in the stadium and training facilities, full cooperation in the fan-led review, uh, commitment to ongoing engagement with fans and apologise for the 16 years' silence. And then these two little ones here that they kept right to the end won't commit to paying off the debt that Manchester United have. They think that taking the dividends out that's around £20 million a year are fair. And they also commit to investment in the team this summer. And like everyone's kind of said... There's a lot of very good points there. The, the devil, the details, whatever this is going to be, will be how this gets written out, how this voting rights are going to be in these shares, how the advisory board is going to get set up, how they, if they actually invest in the team, if they actually invest in the stadium, that will be what the main point is at the end of today. Look, it all sounds good. It's more, they've said more than I expected, and I think that a lot of people have expected to, to come out today, but the next thing will be it actually getting done. Um, so I'm going to call it a day on this one and it's Tobias Shale yep. says is Paul Scholes the best midfielder we're going to get your opinion yes we're going to get your opinion yes I'm going to say I think Roy Keane was better but it's, there's, we're talking margins here argue amongst yourselves in the comments have a wonderful weekend I'm back with transfer review in the morning shouting outside Old Trafford weather's lovely thanks for asking and um, <laughs> keep it locked to Stretford Paddock subscribe and we'll see you in the next one laters Podcast Network. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. 
Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.